I'm Alex Melaris. And I'm Taisei Fu. How are you doing, Taisei? I think the last time we did a checkup on the show was a couple weeks ago. What have you been up to? Well, you know, it's it's December. We made it. Uh, the, school, the school semester is almost over. we got a week left about uh, before a few exams. But, uh, you know, it's December. I got to say, you know, you just the Christmas spirit, it's real. You know, we might not be seeing people this year because uh, the whole, you know, isolation, quarantine kind of thing because of COVID. But, you know, I see it online. I see it when I text people. It's just, it's nice. It's just, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a Christmas spirit. And uh, you're, maybe, maybe it's not just a Christmas spirit. It's a holiday spirit because we're all, we're all getting psyched for uh, winter, winter break. Yeah, the December spirit or the, the upcoming New Year's spirit. I, I love New Year's, by the way. One of my favorites because okay i always people always laugh when i explain this to them why i like new year's because i was like new year's is so overrated and i disagree because i find it very fascinating how it's one year and then immediately it's the next one i love that very much yeah you know it's exciting i agree and uh frankly you know talking about this year 2020 i feel i can't believe like it's been i think it was going around on the internet like we're only like three months away from march and it feels like we just escaped (laughs) you know march 2020 and I still, yeah, I absolutely have that feeling where in like, you know, usually when there is a new year in like the first few months, it takes a while to get used to like write like 2020 when it comes to the date, uh, especially earlier yeah. on in your life. You know, like if it's January, you'll write like 2019 and you're like, oh crap, I gotta, I forgot we were in the new year. Well, I don't know. It passed by so quickly where I, I kind of, I'm still not used to the fact that it's 2020 and we're already in December. Like hitting 2021 is going to be weird because I might just write 2019 anyways. I'll be like, ah, I, wow. I skipped the whole two years. Yeah. I, I know Um, some people are talking like, oh, because 2020 has been um, so pretty terrible that like, oh, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. But I'm, I'm being very, very wary of, of saying things like that because 2021 would definitely take that as a challenge. Oh, absolutely. You don't want to tempt fate like that. But also, you know, who's to say they're really like, if you think about it, the separation of years, the, you know, turning into a new year is kind of an arbitrary point, right? So who's to say when all this bad batch of crazy stuff is going to stop? Uh, it could it could happen in June of 2021. So, you know, don't tempt fate and just 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 hope for the best. Don't say like, yeah, oh, especially- there's no don't say don't say anything like, oh, there's no way that 2021 is as bad as 2020 because you're only setting yeah, up yourself that. for failure there. You know. Wait, I was just going to say something else that was extremely pertinent. Uh, whatever. Anyway, um, oh, New Year's resolutions. Some people have those. I have no idea if you do. And it's the same kind of thing where like, oh, there. Oh, what I was going to say before is that there are no signs at all that are pointing to the fact that 2020 will be much better except for the uh, potential of a vaccine. But anyway, with New Year's resolutions, some people like it's the same kind of thing. Like nothing will really fundamentally change on January 1st. That'll make it. This is the day that you begin. So if anyone does have any New Year's resolutions that they want to implement, I always recommend starting the day after Christmas to get warmed up for the new year. I think it works very nicely. And then by the time January hits, you're already in full swing. For example, my New Year's resolution will be to have a better and less embarrassing Spotify wrapped because to be totally honest, (laughs) there is far too much Hamilton on there. I went through a phase where I listened to it pretty much nonstop and there was, there was too much Hamilton near the top of the list. All right. Uh, do we have any like do we have any specific courses of action in in order to remedy this like yeah yeah i've actually i've already started trying to but i really want my spotify wrapped i just want it to be more diverse so i've just been intentionally branching out 
which is wow. something I didn't do that much this year and like purposefully looking for new types of music that I haven't heard before. And I've already kind of begun that process. Okay. Any any recommendations off the top of your head from this branching? Um, well, uh, Miley Cyrus came out with a new album a little over a week ago called Plastic Hearts that I wasn't expecting to like that much, but I, I definitely did. I definitely recommend it. I loved it. Almost every song is great. Everyone should check it out, I think. All right. Awesome. Okay, yeah, that's so my recommendation. Sounds good. Uh, me personally, resolutions, you know, I don't think that far in advance. So, you know, give it a, maybe, <laughs> give it a few episodes and then you can ask me again and I might give you an answer if I've thought of it. Um, so that's that's the status okay. on my resolution. You know, maybe maybe the Spotify thing, I could try it out too. You know, I personally had a lot of concentration at the top. Uh, you know, actually, less so than most years. Chicken Run? Year, sorry? Chicken Run? Chicken, Chicken Run. Run was up there. Uh, yeah, the soundtrack was up there, like many of the songs. Uh, there was a lot of Lord uh, because I went through a Lord thing in December in uh, in November. Uh, lots of Taylor Swift. So you know there there uh, was some concentration. So we will we will also try to diversify. Uh, we'll follow your lead, and yes, more resolutions to come if I think of any uh, in the coming weeks. All right, I still have I still have yeah, some. Speaking weeks. of the speaking of the Christmas spirit, I actually I watched the um Phineas and Ferb Christmas special. Uh, a couple nights ago for the first time in a couple years at least and i forgot how great it was and so if anyone's looking for if anyone's looking for a great christmas special to watch it's not like movie length it's like uh, a little over half an hour strongly recommend awesome all right i might check it out uh because we'll all be uh, stuck indoors over the winter holidays so yep. you know finding something to do if and uh sorry the what's the what's the what's the official name of the thing the phineas and Ferb uh, the christmas official special? name is yeah, you'll find it if you look for that. The official name is, I think, Phineas and Ferb Christmas Vacation. Okay, excellent. All right. So, now that we've done our little checkup, then we can move on to some hockey news. And, uh, well, it is the season. On that on that track, you know, Boxing Day and things of that nature, we've got the World Juniors and we've got some World Junior news coming down the pipeline. Uh, and so we'll start with uh, Team Canada. Some pretty big news coming out on uh, one player. Very unfortunate news for the team, unfortunately. Uh, so uh, Lexi Lafreniere and actually Jack Hughes as well, uh, both for the United States. Uh, they will neither of them will be released for uh, the World Juniors, which you know both teams could have used them, uh, but it's apparent that the NHL teams don't want to do that. Yeah, uh, not a surprise, especially for, for Jack Hughes, especially because, you know, he's already played his full rookie season. So if this were like a lockout year, it would probably be a different story, but it's not. And the NHL season could still start in January. So you totally understand why either one of these teams don't want these players who have definitely outgrown the tournament, uh, specifically Lafreniere, because I honestly think he's better than Jack Hughes at the moment. And he also won MVP of the tournament last year. So for the Rangers, like, what 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 reason is there to send Lafreniere to the tournament? There isn't one because either he the best case scenario is he dominates again and wins MVP again and Canada wins gold. Well, I guess maybe like I don't know if the Rangers GM is rooting for Team USA. I don't know who cares. But your the ideal scenario is he does well. What could happen is similar kind of 
to like what happened with Philip Zadina at the tournament in the year after he was drafted. He was coming off like the year before, 17 years old. He tore it up at the World Juniors. He was amazing. He comes back the next year and he kind of has a slump and can't get a groove. And that could kind of, you know, hurt a player's confidence a little bit. And of course, there's the total, totally unnecessary injury risk. And Lafreniere did get injured at the tournament last year. So who's to say it won't happen again? So I'm not surprised by this decision. Would have been definitely fun to see him. But what I was really kind of surprised by was a lot of the replies to uh, on Twitter to like, I'm looking at the TSN one specifically. One of the replies is not a very classy move at NY Rangers. <laughs> and then and another one says USA doing whatever they can to prevent Canada from winning gold. Classic USA hockey move. And uh, most of them uh, kind of resonate similarly. Wow. Okay. So, all right. Cause we all know that the New York Rangers are really just an extension of USA Hockey, right? Just oh, of course, you know, of course, it's the same thing. And so, yeah, not a classy move, New York. Uh, you know, come on now, release Lafreniere. But yeah, it really doesn't make any sense. Uh, I mean, he's he's NHL already, right? Oh yeah, first overall pick, and he's a damn good first overall pick. So yeah, just save him up for the NHL season. He'll be ready to go then. You don't want to risk anything. I think really the main reason is the injury risk, right? Maybe you want to tack on a bit of COVID risk on top of that. Uh, you know, that's what went into their thought process. But yeah, you don't want to risk the guy. As you said, he was injured last year. And so, yeah, you know, it's possible. You don't want anything. You don't want to risk it. He's your blue chip prospect. Uh, they've got a nice base after that, but he's really their, you know, the trophy, really, right? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, he's the guy going forward. You don't want to risk that. And so I don't blame them. And, you know, yep. it's just a bunch of salty Canadian fans on Twitter. What can you say? Yeah, and uh, what do you expect? Right? Yeah, my favorite ones are the ones that are like, oh, the, that are arguing that the Rangers are like doing something dumb for Lavernier's development. Like, oh, he needs to go play on the winning team and, and develop. Like, he doesn't need to develop, all right? He's going to be a, a superstar whether you want him to be or even if you try to sabotage the development, he's going to be a star player. Uh, kind of like the Oilers did with Leon Dreisaitl. Anyway, um, uh, and the, uh, some of the World Junior news, Team Finland made a couple surprising non-invites to their World Junior camp. Uh, two, the two most notable ones were Atu Ratti, who was on the team last year. Actually, these are both returning players. Atu Ratti at the time was, they were talking like, oh, he's going to be a high pick in the 2021 draft, maybe even first overall. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, no one seems to be talking about him in that light anymore. We just looked at the the numbers on elite prospects. I know not such an in-depth dive, but they, so far this season, it looks like he's producing compar- comparably to the way he did last year. But he's kind of fallen outside the top 10 on most rankings, and Team Finland hasn't invited him back. The other one, which was probably even more surprising, is Patrick Puistola, who's a, a Carolina Hurricanes prospect. And last year at the juniors, he had like eight points in seven games. He was second on Team Finland. Uh, he was a key forward for them, and he was he's still eligible to come back this year, and they didn't invite him. And no one knows why. Um, your first thought could be maybe uh, the players didn't want to go because of COVID risks. That's definitely an option that you could, you could see happening. But by all accounts, it's just Team Finland saying, nope, we don't want to bring them back. Is there, you know, more behind the scenes stuff? I don't know. But if it's just a hockey decision, it seems pretty stupid. Yeah, it's weird, right? Because talent-wise, both of them should be on the team, especially given what they did last year, but just as hockey players, uh, regardless of their performance last year. So, you know, a bit of a head-scratcher. And so in that case, you got to believe that there's something going on behind the scenes, right? Because otherwise, 
It's just you're taking less talented players and you're not even right. They're not inviting them to their camp. Right. Is that what's happening? So, yeah, not coming to camp. Yeah, it's not even on the team. They're not even cutting them after coming to camp. They're not. They're just outright saying, no, you got no shot at making the team. And, you know, for a guy like Puistola, but especially for a guy like Aturati, who, you know, his draft stock, as you mentioned, I don't know what's going on there, but he's still like top of the first round, top 10 talent at this point, as far as we know. And so to leave him off camp, there's got to be something going on, right? Obviously, we don't know what it is, but there's got to be some other explanation for this because talent-wise, both these guys deserve to be on the team and they also have the experience. And we've seen that that doesn't hurt either. So, yeah, weird move from uh, Finland there. Yeah, um, Finland actually, I think I might have brought this up before. Canada is in a uh, very weak group this year at the World Juniors, weaker than normal. Uh, They are with Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, and I believe Germany is the last team. So uh, definitely a lot easier than years past where they've been stuck with like, you know, Russia and the USA or or both Sweden and Finland or something like that. Um, and the fact that Finland is making these questionable roster decisions, I would say certainly helps Canada's chance at finishing first place in the group. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's a weak group. Who else is... If you don't have Aturati or Patrick Puistola, like, these are two weapons that, without them, you know, even even with them, Finland, you know, I wouldn't say such a contender. Maybe they go on a hot streak. But, you know, without them... It looks like it looks like a cakewalk at this point, right? For Canada to finish worse than that. I wouldn't go that far. Well, you know, I would. I wouldn't go you know that far. What? I would. Finland. Okay, you know, even without Priestel and Raddy, like I have a very hard time counting Finland out of any tournament because they've been known in uh, not just the World Juniors, all international tournaments, to kind of you know pull shit out of their ass and then win the, win a gold medal out of nowhere. And this um, this Finland roster. Even without those two players, there are a lot of great weapons on there. Uh, Yoel Bloomquist, who was just a Penguins second rounder, is probably going to be their goalie. And Anton Lundell, that's probably their top forward. Brad Lambert, who, uh, and he doesn't sound finished, but he is. And he's a top prospect, or along with Shane Wright, one of the top prospects for the 2022 draft. Uh, Ronnie Irvinen, who was just a Leafs draft pick. Roby Yarvensi, who was just that Senators early second round pick. And they have some great defensemen too, uh, including. Um, Billy Hainala, who has some NHL experience with the Jets. So there are still some weapons on Team Finland. And I think they are definitely still in that top tier of, uh, of contenders. Well, you know, look, I, I just think that, okay, there's some nice pieces. They might go a couple rounds in the, in the knockout stages. But I just think they don't compare to Canada. Even despite the you know names that you just said, I think it's going to be easy peasy, lemon squeezy for the preliminary round. And yeah, you look at the other teams, they, you're going to fucking blow them out like 10 nothing. Uh, you know, I say this now, and obviously, you know, watch yes. Canada come in last or some shit like that. But, you know, <laughs> I'll, come, I'll come out and say it, all right? I think cakewalk. They're going to dismantle Finland, you know? I think, you know, they're going to come out roaring out of the gate. You're going to see Canada finish in first place in the, in the, in the knockout. Uh, not in the knockout, sorry, in the preliminaries. And from there, I'm not going to make any predictions, but I'm saying right now, it's looking like it's just looking like a cakewalk. I think that's the word to describe what's happening here. I hope I hope I don't offend you too much by saying this, but you kind of sound a lot like Don Cherry right now, talking oh, about no. how Canada is gonna 
Take it. Okay, because okay, let's be honest. Are the days of ten nothing wins at the World Juniors are they're they're pretty much finished. I mean, they might happen every now and then. Canada beat Denmark like fourteen nothing a couple years ago, but they're becoming exceedingly rare. And I just think like to to say there's going to be blowouts and it's going to be a cakewalk, especially you know Canada that goaltending situation. Still, you know. We don't know what's going on there, and I probably won't have much faith in the goalies throughout the entire tournament for Team Canada. But, I mean, you look at Team Germany. We talked about this at the draft on how far they've come in the in the past couple of years, or only like within the past five years, developing as a hockey country. And now, look, on their team, they're going to have Moritz Seider, uh, Tim Stutzel, J.J. Paterka, and Lucas Reichel on their team. And uh, they're probably projected to what? Finish last in the group. And you also have Team Slovakia. You know, I actually, we were talking about this with uh, Maxim Kejkovic, who got um, who got booted from camp for, uh, it was like he tried to fight another player on his team in like a scrimmage, or he tried to, like, he gave a bunch of dirty hits and they kicked him out. But I was looking at their preliminary team after. I was like, you know, there are some pieces there. Slovakia, they've had kind of a, a dry run. But like all these quote-unquote lower-end hockey countries, which are really like, you know, in the top 10 in the world, have really come a long way in the past short time in closing the gap. And so whenever Canada plays a team like Slovakia or Switzerland or Germany, and they only win 4-1, to one, and like we saw this in the Sochi Olympics even, when they only beat Latvia 2-1 to one and Norway 3-1, to one, people started freaking out like, oh no, what's wrong with Canada? Nothing is wrong with Canada. The other countries have gotten better. You know, in general, absolutely. But I think just for this tournament, I look at you know, for example, first-round talent. Does anyone rival Canada in terms of first-round talent on their roster? I think it's in this group. It's just no. And so, you know, just based on that, I mean, talent on paper, I don't know how it's going to mesh. We've seen Canadian teams that they look fantastic on paper, and then they just can't figure out how to gel. And then, you know, some some crap happens. They finish like 15th in the in the tournament. Well, that's that's an exaggeration, an exaggeration. But you know what I mean. They 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 disappoint. So you know who's to say about how the chemistry is? I have absolutely no insight into that whatsoever. But first round talent wise, I'm just saying, not particularly close. Yeah, you're right. But it seems like we that's the conversation people have every year, and it's up in the air whether whether they you know win a gold medal or finish in sixth place. So we'll see. I'm very excited once again. I'm so happy that. The World Juniors aren't canceled. I know definitely people will have arguments about how it doesn't need to be happening. And that I will admit there's some cognitive dissonance going on. And like, oh, this is so much fun for me personally to watch. But is it necessary to take these risks? Probably not. But I am still very happy that we are going to get to watch it. I'm going to do my best to enjoy it. And it starts a day early this year. It starts Christmas Day uh, at 12. I think these are Eastern Standard Times listed on the Wikipedia page. Uh, actually... Now that I think, yeah, um, I actually can't tell what time zone it's in. I actually think, uh, whatever. Anyway, it starts with Switzerland, Slovakia at some point in the afternoon on Christmas Day. Um, and there are three games on Christmas Day. There's Switzerland, Slovakia, and then Germany, Finland. And then at nighttime, it's Russia, USA. So that'll be a fun Christmas Day opening to the World Juniors. And then round robin will uh, end New Year's Eve as per usual. And the gold medal, bronze medal game tournament ends on January 5th, just like normal. All right. Sounds good. Extreme excitement. And I can't wait for Canada to lose like two games just to prove me wrong. All right. So moving on. Remember last year, uh, Sorry? I was just going to say, remember last year we were recording an episode during our, well, not during, but the day of the Canada-Russia round robin game. 
and we ended recording just as the game was beginning and Canada lost like 6-1 or something. And it was like, disaster. And then they bounced back and won the gold medal. It was great. Oh, yeah. Fun times. Fun that. memories. <laughs> Hell, yeah. It was only fun memories because they won the gold. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, moving on from the World Juniors. Uh, we've got probably the most mainstream attention that hockey as a sport has gotten in a while now um, because, frankly, it's a small sport. Uh, and so, yeah, we've got some spicy news coming out of the gossip world. Evander Kane. So, some background, actually. I'm going to, you know, some background. There was a fight, a boxing fight, between noted YouTuber Jake Paul, I believe, and former basketball player Nate Robinson. And that ended pretty quickly. Jake Paul won. Uh, and Nate Robinson was humiliated. But after the fight, Evander Kane comes out on social media. And he's like, yeah, I'll fight Jake Paul. And so, you know, that went viral. That made the rounds on Twitter and whatnot. And yeah. And then there was a response from Logan Paul, his, Jake Paul's brother, who's also a YouTuber. And he's like, yeah, he looks tough. But, you know, I think I'd still beat him up or whatever. And so, you know, is there going to be a fight? Probably not. I mean, Evander Kane is the current NHL player. But we got some, uh, we got some beef. We got some gossip going. That's got hockey in at least somewhat of a spotlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't really know much about Jake Paul and Logan Paul, I assume you at least know the names. Uh, they're not what you would call good people. Uh, Jake Paul, um, who I'm, I'm more familiar with, he was like, uh, I think he was charged for trespassing at one point, a criminal trespass and unlawful assembly, according to uh, Wikipedia. And what I know him from is actually he already he had a, a a pretty good following on Vine, I think, before Disney Channel actually was like, hey, we'll hire him to to star in our new uh, sitcom. This was in 2016. It was called Bizardvark. And uh, what we learned was he was a terrible actor. And combine <laughs> that with the fact that um, he was like disrupting neighbors, having like big parties at his big house in Los Angeles and getting arrested. And they actually they just fired him halfway season two. And I'm saying this is someone who actually watched that show from start to end. Uh, the quality shot straight up as soon as Jake Paul left, in my opinion. Um, Logan Paul, his brother, what I think is kind of the more well-known one. Whoa, I just I had no idea how much they looked alike until I see Logan Paul's picture right now. I can kind of see why they get confused all the time. Um, and he had some sort of controversy a couple years back. Uh, yeah, so here's what it was. I think he was in a, a forest at the base of Mount Fuji in Japan, according to Wikipedia. And he found the corpse of someone who died by hanging himself. And he kind of like, you know, filmed him with the corpse and posted it, which was obviously extremely distasteful. So these aren't necessarily good people. So uh, if Evander Kane does end up fighting them, I or one of them, uh, I will probably be rooting for Evander Kane. Uh, but honestly, I don't expect it to happen. I think Evander Kane's just trying to get some attention and act tough online. Yeah, that's that's probably about right, right? Because, uh, well, I mean, these brothers, they've got nothing else to do because they just they, they just pull this kind of crap uh, as their, that's their job, right? Meanwhile, you know, yeah. Kane's got a hockey career going on. So I think until, you know, if anything's to manifest from this, it'll happen after Kane retires. I just think there's no... There's no time 
uh, for this kind of crap. And yeah, you said it. The Paul brothers. First of all, I didn't know which Paul brother was the one that fought Nate Robinson. I thought it was Logan. And then I learned today it was Jake. And yeah, they're both complete idiots. They're assholes. And, uh, you know, they're just uh, they're little shits. And so, I mean, if they were to fight, yeah, I would cheer against them. But as you said, I don't see it happening. And yeah, that's all the Paul talk we need. Because, uh, yep. you know, we don't need to dedicate too much airtime to them. I don't think so. Uh, the other news about scumbags is former Vancouver Canucks anthem singer Mark Donnelly uh, was finally fired after singing at or just attending. I think he was singing at an anti-mask rally. And they were like, all right, that's the final straw. Many people were pointing out they'd wished it uh, come earlier because he had exposed himself as quite the misogynist a while back, I think. I hadn't been aware of it, but I learned about it yesterday. So good riddance to Mark Donnelly. Um, good for Canucks fans that they won't have to see you sing in their arena. To be totally honest, it would be nice if we stopped having national anthems at game, at games uh, overall. But if we have to have someone sing the anthem, it's better to have someone who doesn't attend anti-mask rally. So goodbye, Mark Donnelly. Yeah, what an idiot. Um, you know, just it wasn't even an anti-mask rally. It was just I I, I saw the headline. And I was like, what the hell is going on? It's an anti-mask rally. It's an anti-COVID rally, as in they don't think it's a real thing. And it's also an anti-vaccine rally. So they, they got oh, a course. they got a whole trio of things going on there. And, uh, you know, it's designed for stupid people. And so for him to go out and support that kind of thing, perform for them and all that bull crap. And, and fittingly, you know, those kind of people are the type, are the nationalist types who would love to hear the, the anthem song for them, right? Uh, and so, you know, it's just, uh, it's stupid. And for everybody calling out for, oh, free speech, all that, that's, that's bullshit as well. Free speech doesn't protect you from fucking losing your job. That's not how it works. Uh, so, you know, I mean, good riddance, good riddance. And I, it was, it was Aquilini, the, the, the Canucks owner who was like, you know, who like basically fired him on Twitter. Right. <laughs> so, you know, a final kick in the ass for, for Donnelly there. And yeah, see you later. I don't want to, I don't want to ever see you again. Especially with, Hasn't, I didn't hear about that misogyny stuff. But, you know, now that that's out there, uh, screw you for that too. Hasn't Aquilini been known to be, like, active on Twitter during Canucks games and stuff? I, uh-huh, so he does. For some yeah, reason, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's ring a bell. Does he, like, actually say things? Like, what a goal by Bo Horvat, Or, like, what does he do? Uh, I'm not too sure. But I, I, I do know that for a fact that, yeah, he does live tweet games. And he's, he's an owner who's, like, weirdly active on Twitter. You know, like usually owners, you don't, they're not on Twitter, right? Uh, uh, but he is. And yeah, he'll sometimes fire some takes. And it's like, it's like that thing where, you know, it's that meme where, you know, like it's the old guy and he's like, and he's like, you know, like dressed up as a teenager and he's like, how's it going? Oh, yeah, how do you do fellow like kids? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it feels like that. That's what it feels like. To be, yeah, kind to of. Yeah. Uh, that's what a lot of people on, on Twitter feel like, uh, who are of a certain age, uh, specifically Jim Matheson comes to mind very much when I think of that meme, uh, because, you know, he just kind of, I don't even know if he knows how replies work on Twitter. Cause he's never acknowledged any replies. He just kind of says things and, and logs out, whatever. Anyway, I haven't seen much from Jim Matheson in a while. Um, I did learn though, in all the Mark Donnelly stuff yesterday, that there is a Mark Donnelly who lives somewhere in the United Kingdom, who is actually a, a soccer writer, but obviously he calls it football. So in his bio, it says football writer covering Sunderland AFC. 
and he had a tweet yesterday. Apparently, there's some singer named Mark Donnelly who's been... Uh, yeah, he says, apparently there's a Canadian opera singer called Mark Donnelly who's been causing quite a stir by refusing to wear a mask. He doesn't have Twitter, but I do. My mentions have made for some interesting reading this morning. All right. So, if you're listening to this, don't go uh, tweeting dissing Mark Donnelly because he's not there. Uh, it's right. an unfortunate English guy who... Just wants to cover his football. Yep. All right. So not the same Mark Donnelly is the moral of the story. Um, so what else do we have to get today? Oh, we have uh, two players, two actually NHL prospects who play for University of North Dakota, who knelt for the national anthem. Uh, was it last night? Was it the night before? I don't know. Do you remember? Yeah, it was the third. So it was like three days ago. Okay. A couple nights ago, uh, Jacob Bernard Docker who we have actually talked quite a bit about. I don't know on the show, but we're a, a fan of that player. Uh, maybe fan is a little bit of a stretch. Well, I'd say now we're both fans, it's fair to say. He was a first-round pick of the Ottawa Senators in 2018 uh, with, I think, like the 26th pick. And we kind of we laughed about it because the Senators were quite the shit show back then, which they arguably still are. In fact, probably definitely still are. And Bernard Docker was a player who was uh, not ranked in the first round by anything we had seen. So it was a little bit funny that we saw, you know, the Senators reach reach uh, very far for Jacob Bernard Docker and pass on other guys like Joe Valeno, Rasmus Sandin, Bodie Wild. Uh, but we're both fans of Jacob Bernard Docker, even more so now. And the other one is Jasper Weatherby, who was a San Jose Sharks fourth round pick. So good for both of them. And uh, I think it's fair to say that both of us and several other people probably too are now both rooting for these players a little bit more. Oh, yeah. So they kneel during the anthem, right? And uh, I mean, very cool gesture on their part because it's just one of those things because when we were talking about when it was when this was really, you know, uh, when it was really coming up in the news and all that, we're talking about, you know, what do you do after this has kind of faded from the limelight? And frankly, it kind of has, you know, I think there's been some change in terms of attitudes toward the Black Lives Matter movement. But frankly, it's not nearly as much in the news cycle anymore. But here they are, right? This is not a we're going to jump on the bandwagon kind of thing. It's clear that they took their they took they went out of the way. They took the initiative to kneel during the anthem. And yeah, it just like it looks like two great guys who are, you know, trying to take a stand. And it seems that they've got a track record of doing this. That They went to a a BLM march when those were happening. And, you know, they're part of the, they're both part of a student, student athlete inclusion and diversity kind of association at, at UND. And so, you know, they've got the receipts. It's clear that, you know, this is not performative. They actually, they believe in it and they want to make, you know, a better environment uh, as much as possible that they can do for, you know, minorities, black people in particular. And so that's very cool. And so, yeah. Hats off to them because, uh, you know, frankly, especially in the hockey world, there's uh, there's not enough of this kind of stuff. But uh, it's clear that, uh, yeah, they really do believe in the stuff if they're doing it, you know, really months after it was really uh, where it really hit the, the, the peak there. Uh, so good for them. Yeah, it's good that you point out because during the NHL playoffs, some people were yelling at players like, do something, kneel, that's like the bare minimum. And we only had a couple players even knew that when we were all asking them to. And I assume no one was really asking these two players to kneel, but they did it anyway. So even for me, this, even though, you know, there isn't as much media attention on it as when uh, Tyler Sagan, Jason Dickinson, Brian Reeves, and Robin Leonard knelt, I think this probably does say more 
about the character of these two players than of those four who were doing it when everyone was asking them to in the spotlight. Yeah, absolutely. And like they're taking a risk, you know, as well. And that's that's part of, you know, standing up. It's you're taking a risk, you're making some sacrifice because they don't need to draw this attention to themselves, right? Neither of these guys do. Mm-hmm. And so but you know, then that's that's it's uh, big on their part. You know, they're they're saying, you know, well because definitely there is definitely some some hate hate stuff being spewed at them right now for for doing this kind of stuff because you know we saw it when BLM was a thing. There's a bunch of crazy you know right wing nuts out there who will will go out and say some vile shit. And so you know they're attracting that those kind of people toward them to pretty. They're not they're by no means household names in the hockey world, right? And so uh, yeah, good on them. Really seriously. Yep. Uh, that's great. Uh, well, I'm just actually, I was just scrolling through Twitter. I don't know. This is totally unrelated. Uh, but fun stat, uh, brought to you by Mike Comito. On this day in 2011, Carolina Hurricanes' Mike Murphy became the first goaltender in NHL history to be charged with a loss before allowing his first goal against. All right. How did that happen? Was it a shootout loss? I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to figure out how that would have possibly happened. Oh, so wait a second. You no, wait a second. To get credit with the, to get charged with a loss, don't you have to be on the ice for, for the goal. a winning goal? Yeah. 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 All right. Wow, I'm very confused by this. Uh, and I want to figure out how this how this happened. So I'm actually gonna reply right now and ask how did this happen? And I think we're probably about to start the quiz and I'll let you know if anybody gets back to me. All right. Sounds good. So I think we've covered uh, the news for uh, this week, and so yeah, let's let's do the quiz. Uh, it's a rather short episode, but that's okay. All right, so this week, the quiz I've got is uh, it's one that we've done before. I think I, I forget what I called it. I think I called it right, but not right in the end. Uh, that's that's what it was named because. Uh, oh right, yes, I remember. This. Yes, I name you a bunch of stuff, uh, a bunch of people, or maybe even teams. I have one question with teams, and you have to tell me what links them together. And there is only one right answer, even though there may be many, you know, technically right answers. There's only one that I'm looking for. And so, yeah, you'll get some right, but not right, maybe. Uh, and you get a certain time limit. And yeah, that's about it. I remember um, the first time we did this, there was some sort of thing where I said Ilya Kovalchuk had not been to this Stanley Cup final. And you didn't notice that I was wrong. Neither one of us did until afterward. And uh yeah, that's what the main thing I remember from this quiz. All right. Solid stuff. That's a solid point. And uh, you know what? This time around, I'm going to let you say some wrong answers. So if you do say a wrong answer, it's fine. Just keep guessing. I'll just tell you it's wrong. All right? Uh, wait, so... wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? So like last time what happened was by wrong answer, do you mean like that's factually not true? Because yeah, what you let me do last stuff. time. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so, the, okay. so, so I'll cover here. Yeah. So the factually incorrect stuff last time, it would result in like the round is over uh, and you, you see it all of your time. Uh, but this time around, you know, I will uh, allow you to continue, even if you say something factually incorrect. And you know what? I won't even distinguish the fact like right, but not right. I'll just tell you you're wrong because it's not what I'm looking for. You know, I won't make that distinction. You either got it right or you got it wrong. And regardless, you have you have your time. Like you're not losing anything for saying anything wrong. Oh, but the game is called right, but not right. Okay. All right. Fine. You know what? We'll change on the fly. We'll uh, we'll stick with the right with not right, right but not right rules then, and uh, okay. don't say anything factually incorrect that I catch 
or else you'll lose the rest of your time. Uh, so, yeah, got got ten questions here. So, how many do you okay. think you can get? You wanna you uh, you wanna set the the bar? Seven, eight. I think six? seven seven's probably a good number. Seven. All right, seven it is. Okay, so uh, I'll give you. What do you think? Forty five seconds? A minute? Forty five seconds. Sure. Okay. Sure. Sure. So I got a timer here. Got forty five seconds on the clock. As soon as I finish reading the last name. All right. Here we okay. go. Question wait, number wait, wait, one. One second. Yep. So these are all the players have the same quality. What do you mean? Like you're gonna name I don't know six players and all of them share the same characteristic. Exactly. Yes. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, there's no odd one out here. It's just they're they're okay, they're okay. all they all part of the category here. All right. Okay, good. Okay, yep. here we go. Craig Anderson, Vitek Vanacek, Yaroslav Halak, Robert Bortuzzo, Mike Smith. Go. Oh boy, so those are almost all goalies except for Robert Bortuzzo, uh, Anderson, um, Bortuzzo. Uh, seventh round picks. No, Vanacek was not a seventh round pick. Never mind. Um, Robert Bortuzzo did make a save though. In like he was sliding around in the crease one time. They better get easier than this. Uh. Um. This is Ten extremely seconds. difficult. I don't know. Uh, uh, people who made a save. People who uh didn't win a a Stanley Cup. Um, but never mind. Bortuzzo won a that's, Stanley that's, Cup. That's factually incorrect. Uh, so yeah, the sure answer is. was players who wear the number forty-one. So oh wow, you know, I should have gotten that number. One. Yeah, Anderson, Halak, Smith, both notable forty-ones, I would say, right? Uh, especially Halak because he played so long in Montreal. Uh, as the number forty-one. Okay, that one hurts. All right, not, not a great Bad start. Start for me. Not a great start. Okay, we ready? Yeah. Next ready. question. Do you, do you want a bit longer? Because that was that was pretty fast. Yeah, maybe a minute. We'll give bump okay, it up we'll... to a minute. Sounds good. Okay. All right. We ready? Yep. Okay. Vladimir Tarasenko, Matthew Barzal, Tom Wilson, Yoel Armia, Nick Letty. Go. Sixteenth overall picks. All right. Okay. Nice. I was wondering if you'd remember that one. Clearly, you did. Okay. Thank you. Sounds good. That was the topic of a quiz. If y'all don't remember, uh, that oh, yeah, I didn't even you realize. Were the one that set, that <laughs> <one>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you were the one that that, that set up that quiz. Uh, so, yes. uh, yep. All right, good stuff. After I thought you might have okay. thrown in Caden. Why, why don't you throw in Caden Gooley? Because that was the reason no, I had no. that quiz. I mean, it was it would have been too easy, right? Because really, the only characteristic about Caden Gooley at this point that's notable is that he was a 16th overall pick. All of these other guys, true. you've got some room to maneuver. But when I say Caden Gooley, you immediately think to the draft. And then, you know, then it would have been easier. But clearly, you would have gotten it regardless. Because uh, that yep. took you like two seconds. All right. Yep. Next category. Connor Sheary. Andreas Athanasiu. Travis Hamanick. Corey Perry. Derek Broussard. Current UFAs. Whoa. Wow. Nice. Just like that. Thank you. Two for three. Okay. Wow. Snipes. Like I think okay, so far we right. can tell if it if it goes five seconds and I haven't gotten it yet, I'm probably pretty much toast. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Moving on. All right. Here we go. Ben Sherratt, David Perron, 
Joel Edmondson, Ryan Reeves, Brady Kachuk. Uh, players who led their team in penalty minutes last year. Wow, what the hell? Oh my goodness, three for four. Uh, yeah, because okay. I know Edmondson did. I know I knew Sherratt did, and Reeves. It's like hmm, that's probably something he did. And the other ones all sound like hmm, yeah, like you know, tough guys or whatever. And it was just I don't know. Well, look at me go. I'm impressed oh. with myself with that one. Oh, maybe I should. Uh, maybe I should have cranked up the difficulty here. All right. No, no, this all is right. difficult enough. Okay. All right. All right. So next question. Hmm. Okay, we're four questions in. You're three for four. Looking nice. Here we go. Uh, Dylan DeMello, Brendan Dillon, Tyler Toffoli, Alex Galchenyuk, Alec Martinez. Ooh, okay. Um, before you got to Martinez, I was thinking players who signed as a UFA this summer, uh, which they all did. Uh, well, but DeMello and Brendan Dillon re-signed with their other teams. Uh, who the other one? Galchenyuk, Martinez, what other one? Tafoli. Tafoli, yeah. Oh, Brendan Dillon. Players who yeah. were players who were traded uh close to the trade deadline last season. Yeah, players traded in February 2020, which was when the trade nice. deadline. All right, four out of five. He's rolling. He's rolling. Fun. This is okay. fun. Okay, moving on. Next one. You ready? Yep. Tyler Sagan, Kasperi Kapanen, Dougie Hamilton, Alex Galchenyuk, Nick, Spy- Nick Spaling. Nick Spaling. Spaling. But, uh, when you said Tyler Sagan, then Kasperi Kapanen, I was thinking Instagram models, but then it kind of took a turn. <laughs> uh, uh, then, okay, after that, Dougie Hamilton, Alex Galchenyuk, Nick Spaling. Um... Oh, ooh, okay. Players involved in a Phil Kessel trade? Hell yeah, it is. Or more okay. specifically, players traded for Phil Kessel. Yeah, well, with the the Hamilton one, he was actually that was, he was a draft, draft pick, right? Picks. Yeah, same, yeah, same yeah. with Sagan actually. Same with Sagan. Uh, but that one was a little bit more like. Uh, oh no, wait, never mind. That was like a year. The Hamilton one was like two years in advance. That first round pick or something. But anyway, I the the idea was there. So look at me go. Wow, five for six, completely rolling. Okay, all right. Next round. Corey Perry, Braden Point, Kevin Shattenkirk, Philippe Myers, Yoel Kiviranta. Ooh, um. Braden Point. Okay. Ooh, are these all players who scored an overtime goal in these playoffs? Hell yeah, they were. Oh my goodness. What is this? I think Kiwi Ransom made seven. it way too easy. Was it? Yeah, maybe I, I thought maybe I should have scratched that. But uh, I don't know. It was like the Caden Gooley was a good thing. Number. What's that? It's, it's like, like the Caden Gooley thing, thing where it would have made right, you he hasn't done anything. draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah, didn't do anything else. So I'm like, oh, this must be something to do with this playoffs. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So, uh, Okay. All right. Next, I'll keep that in mind for the next time, uh, All right. because you're cruising, cruising. Maybe All I'll right, maybe I'll make seven. you a right, but not right next week. Maybe I'll do this next week. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Because uh, we're at six out of seven right now, and we said the the threshold was seven out of ten, so you only uh-huh. need one of these. Oh boy. Okay. All right. This next list is only four people. Ready? Got it. Nick Suzuki. Julius Honka, 
Quinn Hughes, and Cal Foote. All right. Nick Suzuki, uh, Julius Honka, Quinn Hughes, Cal Foot. Uh, well, they're all first round picks. Um, Honka and Foot were both 14th overall picks, but Suzuki was 13th and Hughes was 7th. Um, uh, I hmm, this one's tough. This one's tough. Um, and they don't wear the same number. I know Julius Honka just came back, signed with Dallas after playing, I think, a year somewhere in Europe. Calfoot, I don't think, has played in the NHL at all yet. Um, they've all played in the World Juniors before. Uh, 15 seconds. I'm having a tough time with this one. Having a tough time with this one. Um, are these all players who... Three seconds. Um, all right. I don't know. That's time. Really stumped you with this one. The answer sure was, did. these are players who have a brother who was drafted in 2019. So. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a yeah. good one. Nick Suzuki, uh-huh. Ryan Suzuki, Julius Honka, Anthony Honka, uh, Quinn Hughes, obviously Jack Hughes, and Calfoot had Nolan Foot. Yep. All right. Wow. Very clever. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think that might be my favorite one out of the out of the ten that I've come yeah, up with. Yeah, that's pretty good one. Uh, it's pretty spicy. Okay, all yeah. right, six for eight right now. I still got a chance to trip you up. You got to get one of these next two. Here we go. All right, Tristan Jari, Arturi Lekkinen, Tyler Bertuzzi, Zach Fucali, Jacob Delarose. Two thousand thirteen second round picks. Wow. Okay. Right on the nose. Maybe I shouldn't have included so many halves. But, uh... Yeah, yeah. it made it a little easier. Uh, after Jari and Lekkonen, though, I was like, I think this is where he's going with it. Okay, yeah. You know, I don't want to include too many no-names, because then it becomes like, what the hell is even going on? But, uh, okay. If you had said, like, like Zach Nastasiuk, yeah. I would have been like, alright, I definitely know what this is. <laughs> like, if you hadn't done all the no-names, uh, you know, from that second round, it's like, yeah. well, they've done nothing besides be drafted in the second round, so... That's true. Okay, so there's like this is, this is a balance, right? I can't have too many like well-known players that are associated, but even if I do the no names, it's like the only thing that they've ever done has been drafted, right? So that's yeah. fair. To be okay. fair, if you had a, yeah. uh, it doesn't probably from that uh, from that draft in that second round, it doesn't matter who you picked. I probably would have gotten it, but that's fair. But we're just yeah, thinking out loud. We're just theorizing. Right. Okay, just just loading up for the next time around. When uh, yeah, exactly. When I'll when I'll crush you. All right. Uh, okay. So that's seven for nine. You did it. Yeah. Crash the threshold. Let's see We're if you can one do. More question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got one more question. Let's see if you can get the bonus point. All right. Here we go. This one's a team's question. So, Minnesota, Ottawa, Arizona, Montreal, Pittsburgh. Go. Can you repeat the teams, please? Minnesota, Ottawa. Arizona, Montreal, Pittsburgh. Teams Alex Galchenyuk played for. Hey. Yay. Nice. All right. I thought I'd give Alex Galchenyuk a shout out. He showed up three times in this quiz. Uh, Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow, he sure did. Mr. Ottawa. All right. Um, So before we close out this episode, after that, uh, that very convincing win on my part, uh, one person replied to my asking Ooh. how that Mike Murphy thing happened. Okay. It, not Mike Comito who replied. It was at CBJ Ordy. 
Um, and they said he probably got subbed in. Uh, that doesn't really well, that doesn't really help out. <laughs> considering, not really, does it? Considering that it happens very often in the NHL, and this Mike Murray Mike Murphy thing seems pretty unique. Uh, so yeah, this person has uh, one follower. Um, their bio says Columbus for life with the number four, and they're following 13, 13 accounts. Uh, I'm looking through. Well, I feel like I'm invading this person's privacy, but it's really it's all public information. Uh, yeah. But maybe I shouldn't read it on the podcast. But whatever. Perhaps not. But uh, but still, they, the, look, it, they haven't tweeted. They haven't yeah. tweeted since uh, September twenty eighth, where it says Tampa is about to blow a three to one lead again. Wow, that that's a that's a hot take. Uh, you know, didn't, it exactly didn't end up happen. happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> all right, CB Jordy, shout out to you for the quick reply, but anti shout out to you for giving a reply that did not help us whatsoever. Uh, so oh, okay, here's another. Oh, Ooh. wait, wait, wait. Here's another reply to Mike Camito's tweet. I think I explains it a little bit in more detail, at least. It says he replaced Cam Ward. The Canes tied up the game, and he lost in the shootout. I actually own that jersey in my goaltending museum. Fun fact, the Canes recycled the jersey from Murphy's appearance in the 2009-10 NHL Rookie Tournament and put the Vasicek number 63 patch on it. Okay, so I think that actually because um, it makes more sense because something like you won't get credited for a win or a loss if it's in a shootout. Kind of like how if it goes 0-0 to the shootout, both goalies get credit for a shutout. Um, and the shootout was still pretty new at that point. So it kind of makes sense that that wouldn't have happened yet. That, uh, so like Cam Ward was, wait, but it's still, hold on. Yeah. Cause he didn't give up a goal. On. Yeah. I get it too. He, cause the shootout yeah. doesn't count as goals against, but cause he, he was still on the ice for that, the winning goal, technically, then he gets the loss. All right. That makes sense. All right. So, so it was uh, a shootout. Solid. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's our explanation. Shout out Fun to you, fact. Whoever. Who was that? Who do we shout out to? Oh, yeah, let me go let me go back and see. I should have said. Um I it was written by all right, they have a pretty long username, so I have to so their at is at Heroes of Crease. Nice. Alright. So thank you for the explanation. At Heroes of Crease Crease. And yeah. yeah. So does that anything anything else you want to mention before we call it an episode? Uh, I guess that pretty much wraps up the episode. Oh, uh, this is something that uh, probably the listeners won't know about, but I can mention it to you anyway. It's the second anniversary of our performance of uh, Christmas, Lam- National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, our xylophone duet at that, that holiday concert. Thought I'd point awesome. that out. Okay, that's, that's Super great. Fun. So uh, we're shouting out the movie at the same time, I guess? I've actually never seen the movie, so I don't know. But the song is great. Yeah, It's All right. that time. Christmas, Christmas time, is, time here. is here, and so on. There we go, and so forth. Okay, yep. so I think that does it for us here on Fusion uh, for this first week of December. Uh, so uh, thank you very much for listening. Make it all the way here. Hope you had a good time. And uh, so yeah, follow us on all the different podcast platforms: Spotify. Uh, well, I think it's Google podcast now i think google play got suspended like the app is gone now so google podcasts and other things whatever you listen to us on follow us on twitter uh our handles are going to be in the description and we will see you next week
And at this time next week, I'll be totally finished all my work for the semester. So it's something to look forward to.